Did you know that the shopping cart was invented in Ardmore, Oklahoma in 1936? Or that the nation's first parking meter was installed in Oklahoma City in 1935? Or that the first Girl Scout cookie was sold in Muskogee in 1917? Oklahoma is a place full of fun facts, but also dark and twisted mysteries. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from Oklahoma, sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from your home state or something different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Hey everyone, real quick I want to talk about Chilling, the awesome horror app I'm partnered with. In case you haven't heard, every week I have new stories released over on Chilling. There are over 1,000 stories over there with a bunch of YouTube narrators and professionals to choose from. On Chilling you can do the things you'll never be able to do on YouTube. Choose from over 1,000 individual stories that are sorted into curated playlists or create your own. On Chilling, we give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling, game-changing feature, our ambient menu. You can change the background sounds of the story at any time to fit your mood. Go from rain to a campfire with the press of a button. It's totally revolutionary. You need to try it. There have been a number of awesome updates to Chilling, such as the ability to download stories for offline listening and the new social feature. You can now discuss your favorite stories with other users and friends. We are just getting started. Not only are we adding hours of new content every single week, but original video content is also in the works. Chilling is evolving into a must-have for all horror lovers. Please go start your free trial over on Chilling and check out my personal playlist there. Many years ago, we lived at the end of a long road. It was actually the last house on the left, although that has nothing to do with the story. Previous tenants told us of odd happenings, but we didn't believe them. Our disbelief was short-lived. It began with my four-year-old daughter screaming at something she had seen in the living room. She said it was a black cloud and that it had crossed the room and disappeared into the corner. We dismissed it until my wife's sister visited a few days later. She said the cloud reappeared from the same corner and enveloped her two little girls. Later that same day, my wife saw the cloud come from the corner and wrap itself around her. She said it was suffocating, hot, and stank of sulfur and burning meat. The cloud seemed to only manifest itself around women and girls. Unfortunately for my sons, males were not spared the haunting. The front door of the old house squeaked loudly and no amount of WD-40 graphite or silicone gel would quiet it. Now to understand the layout of the house, one must realize that it was built into the side of a hill. The front door faced the west, and one would enter there onto the second floor, which is where the living area, dining room, kitchen, and bathrooms all were. The bedrooms and laundry room were on the first floor, which could be accessed by the east-facing back door. One night, the boys, aged eight and six, heard the front door open, so they went to investigate. In the open front door, they could see an odd green-colored mist. When they approached to the door to see from where the glow was originating, the glow disappeared. The younger boy discovered the specter's aversion to pleasant smells. My wife set out store-bought air fresheners, but this was useless. Once a room would be vacated, the fresheners would close by themselves. 
It was my younger son who pointed out this phenomenon, as well as the fact that scented candles would extinguish themselves once any room was empty. The older boy was beset with his own terror. Frequently, he would awaken on his bottom bunk to find a horrific and contorted face shrieking at him. The face was aged and wrinkled, the gender of the entity undefined. He would also learn to put away his playthings. One night, he was aroused by the sound of his toys moving around the floor. He looked to see small black beings moving trucks, warships, and cars against the door, as if to barricade it from entry. When they noticed he was watching them, they turned and began climbing the covers, trying to get at him. He screamed and I came running to find him clinging to the bottom of the bunk bed. Up to this point, I had seen nothing, so I was still somewhat skeptical of all these stories. That changed on the last night of the haunting. We were asleep downstairs and I was dreaming. I dreamt that I walked into our bedroom, but there was no bedroom furniture there. It was furnished as a living room, and on the sofa sat the most beautiful red-headed woman I had ever seen. Now my wife, beautiful in her own right, is a brunette, but in this dream, I knew the redhead to be my wife. She was crying. She turned and looked at me through blackened, tear-filled and fear-filled eyes. I should have pity in my heart for this woman, but I felt rage for some reason. She cowered into an arm of the sofa, and I started toward her to continue the beating I knew she deserved. It was when I heard a voice that I realized that the dream had been silent up to that point. In my dream, I knew that this was because the wife was deaf. The voice I had heard was that of my six-year-old. I turned and looked to the doorway to see my real-life son standing there in clothes I had never seen before. He was wearing black pants and a long-sleeved red pullover shirt. He was soaking wet from head to toe, and his skin appeared ashen and lifeless. Again, I felt no love for my family, only a burning rage. The boy looked up to me and said, Dad? He too had a look of abject fear in his eyes, but he continued, Dad? Help me! I turned toward him and raised my clenched fist and struck the child square in the face. Two men were yelling at each other, throwing around furniture and breaking glass. I jumped from my bed and ran upstairs. As my foot fell into the carpeted hallway of the second floor, all was silent. No one was there. The windows were intact, the furniture upright, but the door stood open, shrouded in an iridescent green glow. Drawn, I approached the door and looked out onto the darkened street. There was nothing. All was quiet. Fallen autumn leaves swirled in the cool night's breeze. I returned to my wife and my room to not sleep. We sat in silence, awaiting the dawn. And dawn did come. As it happened, it was October 31st. I stood on my front porch drinking my coffee, trying to rationalize my dream. And then I heard it. A chill locked into my spine as I heard my six-year-old son say, Dad? Scared, I turned and looked down the hill. My son said, Dad, help me. I approached as the boy was using a stick to try to dig something out of the ground. It was a strip of black corduroy. I went to help him but pulled him away when I saw the flash of a yellowed bone. I grabbed my son and ran into the house. The police dug up the skeletal remains of the little boy. He was six when he died. He was wearing black corduroy pants, a long-sleeved red pullover shirt. My brother is now a detective on our local police department. Although they have a lengthy file on the boy's father, they remain unable to locate him or his beautiful, deaf, red-headed wife.
Hello, Swamp Dweller. I'm new to the swamp, but I've been listening to a lot of your stories, and I wanted to share an encounter I had years ago because I hadn't yet heard anything similar, and I wanted to know if anything else has been seen like this before. Back in 2015, my friend, for this story I'll call her Kay, and I would drive the back roads of a small town in Oklahoma late at night just for fun. We were both night owls and worked night shift, so it was just easier for us to be awake then. Most of these late night drives were uneventful, just us blasting music and cracking jokes, but there were two nights that left us a little shaken. I'll share the one I directly saw, since the other was mainly my friend that saw it, and I will share the other story another time. On this night, as we drove the back roads as usual, we came to a crossroads and had to stop because there was a dog sitting in the middle of the crossroads. It looks like a Rottweiler, or some other big black dog breed like it. As we approached, it looked directly at us. Not my headlight, but us. We didn't really think anything of that. Just thought it was a weird dog. I said my usual, move doggy, when I see dogs in the street. I didn't have my window down, so it was more of just me saying it to say it. It wasn't that odd to see dogs in the road since lots of people had dogs, and not everyone kept them inside or fenced in. The dog sat there for a solid minute, and I was debating, honking the horn, while my friend Kay said there's something weird about that dog. That's when we noticed that it was smiling at us. Now, I know how normal dogs smile. I had two dogs at the time and had friends that all owned both big and small dogs. Heck, my neighbor owned Rottweilers. This was not a normal dog smile. It didn't even look like a human smile. The best way I could describe it was like that of the Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. Kay and I went stiff, both terrified and almost holding our breath. Well, at least I was. Without moving its gaze from us, the dog stood up and walked to our left and sat back down. Kay and I drove past this, whatever you would call it, dog thing, watching us drive off with that grin on its face still. Kay and I only spoke when this thing was out of our sight, and we were both freaked out and checking if the other saw it too. We told another friend of ours over the phone who was in college, and her roommate said it sounded like the Native American smiling dog that was apparently a trickster spirit that mimics human voices and pulls pranks. I'm a quarter Choctaw, and I believe in all those tales. I know it's probably not the creepiest story on this channel, but it's true and I wanted to share it with the swamp. This is the first time I've shared this story online, but I still remember it and how scared I was. My friend and I both moved away from Oklahoma now, but I still have a few scary moments I can share from living in that small town. I'm a long-time listener. I just wanted to share an experience I had some time ago. My name is Jason, and I went as my friend Lindsay's date to her brother's wedding. This happened on October 27th, 2018, on Saturday night, and the wedding was in Chickasaw, Oklahoma. I picked Lindsay up from the Denton, Texas area. We stopped only long enough for her to change into her dress and for her to get her hair done. She looked stunning. The drive up to the wedding was uneventful, plus it was a nice ceremony and a nice reception afterwards. After everything was done with, Lindsay decided to stay overnight to spend time with her relatives since she did not have to work until Monday. I wasn't so lucky since I had to work early Sunday morning and had to hit the road afterwards. 
Making sure Lindsay was good and had all her things, I stopped by a gas station to fill up and get an energy drink for the next morning. Again, the drive was uneventful, but I had forgotten my phone charger and within a half hour of my drive home, it died. Lucky me. Next thing I know, I am approaching Ryan, Oklahoma, and I'm hoping to get a charger cable, but they didn't have any. Luckily, the ladies in the gas station gave me directions and I'm on my way home, heading in the right direction. After another 15 or 20 minutes, I'm on a stretch of lonely dark road only illuminated by my headlights. Now, I know I'm driving on Native American land, and I'm aware of the folklore. I know about the belief in spirits good and bad. I'm not religious, but I do believe in spirits, the afterlife, demons, and all of that, but those are stories for another time. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is kind of a setting in a cliche horror movie and the killer or creature should be crossing right about now. After having a little chuckle to myself, I'm driving, and the next thing I see is a white mist or fog and drive through it. Now this is the strangest thing. It was not a deep or long stretch at all, maybe about six to 10 feet, but I was struck with the deepest sense of terror, anxiety, and paranoia that I'd ever felt in my entire life. I didn't let up until I got home. I immediately got a hold of my folks and asked my mom to give me a blessing as she was raised Catholic. I don't know what the strange mist or fog was, but in my whole life, I have never been that scared or shaken before or since. I never travel without my grandfather's old Saint Michael medal and small Bible now. I never want to have an experience like that ever again. I lived with my grandparents in southern Oklahoma. Their house was at the end of a country road, surrounded by woods and pastures. My grandpa was a truck driver and was gone for a week or two at a time. My grandmother and I were the only ones there. It was the middle of summer, and it was hot as hell. One night between midnight and 2 a.m., I woke up sweating, hot and miserable. It was pitch black and extremely quiet. I realized quickly the fans and AC were all off. I stumbled to the living room just as my grandmother did the same. The house was stuffy and the humidity was choking, so we decided to go sit on the front porch. We sat there for just a few minutes, sleepily making small talk. Our road runs for about a mile through our little town. We are at the dead end as I mentioned. The nearest intersection is about a thousand feet from the porch. There is a house there and the houses continue. At that point, like any other city block, Houses lining both sides of the road. Just about every home had a dog or more. At some point, you faintly noticed the dogs barking. From way down the road, then some more would join in, and then more. The barking progressed, closer and closer. You could tell that whatever the dogs were barking at was traveling down the road in our direction. Now, it wasn't strange to us at first. We figured somebody was walking or driving down the road that was causing the barking. But as the dogs at the nearest intersection joined in, my grandmother said, What is that? At the intersection, I saw a green glowing light bobbing down the street. It was kind of swinging left and right, up and down, as it came slowly toward us. It was pitch black outside, so I couldn't see a body. But to me, it looked like somebody was walking while wearing a green glow light on a necklace. Imagine how it would bounce around while you walked or jogged. Now... Once you cross our side of the intersection, the road is lined on both sides with six strands of barbed wire fence. 
It's about five foot tall, and you can't squeeze through the strands without somebody spreading it for you. This green light gets about halfway to our porch, both of us standing now, quietly watching, and just veers into the pasture. It never elevated over the fence. It didn't lower or slow to squeeze through. It just started floating off the road and away from us. It was still traveling in the same direction but angling away from us. It disappeared, obstructed by the house across the street from us. My grandma asked me if I saw who it was. I told her it was too dark to tell. We both still assumed it was a person. A minute or two later, it pops around the other side of the neighbor's house. It was maybe 300 feet away. My grandmother steps to the edge of the porch, leaning forward, trying to see through the darkness. What is that? I don't know, Granny. The thing stops. No bobbing, no weaving. Just stops for a few seconds, then starts bob floating straight toward us. It crosses the neighbor's yard. My granny backs up toward the door. It floats over the neighbor's fence and crosses the street. This thing is finally close enough to see that there is no person attached. It's a floating green orb about the size of a baseball. It crosses our front fence. I kind of hear the screen door pull open, but I am full-blown intrigued by what the hell I am looking at. It wasn't threatening at all. Honestly, it just kind of seemed innocently aloof. Think like you just spent 10 minutes watching a toddler bumblebee around outside. That is how it felt the whole time I was watching it. As it comes closer, about 10 feet away, I begin to step off the porch. Startled, I spin around just in time to hear the deadbolt slide shut on the door my granny just slammed shut. I lunge to the door and start banging on it. Open the door! The door slings open and my grandma sticks a shotgun out the door and I rushed past her. What the heck was that? No idea, granny. We both spent a bit looking out the different windows of the house, but we never spotted it again. It wasn't too long after the power and AC came back on. I have no idea what it was. I don't know much about orbs, but this was nothing of that kind. This was something tangible. It had a presence that felt like it was intelligent. We spent over 10 minutes watching it. Does anybody in the comments have any ideas? Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Oklahoma horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm and that's incredibly helpful for the swamp growing. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe come join me over on Twitch. I stream a couple of times a week over there. Sometimes we play horror games, sometimes we do other things. You can find a link to do so in the description. Maybe check out the merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. Don't forget to come join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.